Just showing the boys my drone skills. Wave to the uh, drone there, guys. Here we are in Palisade, Colorado. Brian Freeman, Greg Hollenbeck, Jay Parker, and Charles Talbot. I don't know, you know, no big deal. You're getting better, babe. I will say that, man. Let's get this sign. You're getting better. I mean, look look at this beautiful surroundings. And we're going to do a little tour, uh, tour uh, Charles. But uh, we were here last year. We, did, we got a great interview, but we didn't get the audio. So we've got it locked and loaded. We've got all the camera angles. Look at the RV behind us. There's the TME mobile station. We'll park this baby. I think we've got some good footage. We're going to actually go see the orchards. What are we going to see today? Uh, we're going to go through a lot of the process. And, um, fortunately, we're not back in peaches quite yet. We're about three to four weeks out on that. But we're going to go through the apple process. Uh, we're going to go through the cider mill. We're going to go see some orchards, uh, the fermentation facility. And then we're going to go check out the tap room. So a full process from apple to uh, pouring it on draft. Nice. Oh, nice. Fantastic. Let me just go ahead and land this on my hand here, and then we'll go in and well, and Charles, Ann, normally you guys would have had some cherries, but your, the cherry crop for a lot of people got destroyed this year, right? Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> a, a, another one of those years where we got a cold snap. Maybe not. So we got most of our cherries. There are still some cherries available, some farms that didn't get uh, hit as hard as we did. Um, but the location that we grow our cherries in, it got hit pretty hard this year. So I didn't hard. crash it. All right, we'll get into all the good stuff and the technical stuff, but I want to show you it's a beautiful day. It's not quite hot yet, but boy, there's been some 100-degree days. Yesterday was 100 degrees. I expect it'll be hot again today. So we're fresh right now. Let's go jump in here while we're fresh, Sounds and uh, you're going to love this. Let's have a good time inside of here. All right, so just the overall thing, Talbots, talk about that, the family, the history, as we, as we stroll on inside here. It's a, uh, how many generations? So we've been, far, so we're six generations of farming in Palisade, Colorado. Uh, the, my great, great, great grandpa, Charles Yeager, moved here in 1907. Um, helped build the orchard and infrastructure in the Grand Valley, helped build the canal systems. Uh, and today we manage about 350 acres of peaches, 160 acres of wine grapes, and 50 acres of miscellaneous broken down between pears, cherries, um, uh, and a very small amount of apples anymore. I love the diversity of, of your stone fruit program. You know, you, you have, I love the fact that you guys also have the pears, the Asian pears, the apples. That's the fun stuff. The stuff that you get out of the tap, uh, tap room and farm market is a lot more, uh, it comes off our experimental block, so we don't sell it as much in the open market. So it's, it's, it's a, a treat you get when you get to come here. Uh, so it just makes it a little more personal, a little more fun. Let's head in. All right, let's go. And this is exactly what you want to do. Come into some air conditioning, take in Palisade all around you, and there you got it. Uh, well, starting at 11, you know, my, my dad always said you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. So, well, take this in. So this is an interesting place because this is um, kind of constructed a lot of stories around here, but repurposed. I mean, the story of that piece right there, this piece right here. Talk about just this tasting room itself and how you assembled it with bits and pieces of history here. In so this tasting room itself was actually our original cider mill in 1983. And we, when, you, when we go over to the other cider mill, you can just see the vast difference of how much it's changed and how much it's grown. Um, so, but that's why the floor slanted and we have drains in the floor is this, this was a production facility. 
Um, in 2001, we turned it into a farm market, and it was only a farm market where we sold our fresh apple juice and then all of our fruits and vegetables. And then in 2017, uh, we decided to build it into a tasting room. So we came in, remodeled the entire area, and in that remodeling process, uh, we had a lot of old wood. And so this behind me right here, my great grandpa had the foresight to save wood. Farmers save everything. So this was his, uh, one of his packing sheds that was across the street. He pulled it apart, stacked all the wood, and it sat for years. But this is great grandpa Talbot's uh, packing shed. Behind the bar is Rick Turley, who owns Colorado Cellars. That was one of his barns that uh, we helped uh, pull down when he sold some property to um, the irrigation district. And then right here is actually the Jones estate, which was the biggest family farm before uh, uh, us. And we still have the facility today, but that is some of the old wood that was pulled down. That's and anymore, it's, it's almost like a museum. And I hope to do that one day because you go in there and it's all the old packing lines. Uh, just chain driven. I mean, it's a totally different process. And then all the picking grapes were Mountain Lion, which was the original co-op in uh, Palisade. We have some Talbot Brothers, some Talbot and Sons, some Talbot Farms, a uh, bunch of different packing boxes. But when we first, back in the day, we used to load peaches and apples on train carts. This is how you got them to the, t you, you took it by horse and buggy. You lined up at the co-op, which is now Palisade Brewery and you stacked it into uh, train carts. Well, and they were using straw as packing material back then? Is yes. that what it was, right? It yep. was, you, you'd put your, put your fruit inside the, the crate with a bunch of straw just to keep it from getting bruised. Yeah, yeah and, and they were actually farming ice. So they'd go up and cut ice out of the lakes and then they'd put them in the top of the train carts. And that was the most efficient way to keep them cold. And uh, once, we, when, once they got in the train cart, you got your check and they were gone. Yeah. Not just a tasting room, it's a piece of history and you get to take it all in. That's, that's what we love here with the Modern Eater is we're on Road Trip 2021. This is day five and it's a Friday. We're at Talbot, at Talbot Farms and we're, you're gonna learn so much about what this actually, this operation does. Um, and and the, <laughs> the orchards that are fantastic, we'll, we'll get an opportunity to show you that too. But I just wanted to take it in because when you get an opportunity to taste the delicious ciders and now wines as well, you get it all. You get all of your senses. Yeah. Start going crazy. Yes. <laughs> partners. Are, yes. We do have a lot of great pro uh, partners that are uh, making this programming possible for you. And we got to thank you for that. Check out themoderneater.com to see who have been our partners, but the best of the best Colorado brands. And we love being here today. So you check it out. You guys have such awesome apparel. You have such awesome <laughs> packaging. And this is, I, I look at this cooler all the time and I go, you know what? This is so awesome that you have your it's stock today it's looking yeah, good yeah. Here. <laughs> looks fantastic but you also don't mind having some other partners around the state of colorado and featuring them as well i think she needs well, to jump in here that's that's <laughs> the biggest thing that i look at when we uh, are operating our tasting room is uh I, i'm big on collaboration uh other cider companies make different hard cider than we do. So if we can grow cider as, a, a, as an industry, yeah, as opposed to just promoting ourselves, I think that it, it raises all ships. And you know, we work with 34 wineries we sell fruit to, uh, to produce their wines in Colorado. 
Um, we work with multiple breweries. We did a huge collaboration, great success with Breckenridge Brewery. We've done two beers. We did the Colorado Core, which is American Apple Blonde, and then the Palisade Peach Wheat, which is Palisade Peaches in a wheat beer. And that's become one of their large, wow. larger brands. So. Hey, let me ask this. Is there any collaboration there yes, with these so guys? If you have a Palisade Peach Noosa, that fruit is coming from our facility. Wow. I love that. And Noosa actually did a program, and they've become great partners with us. Um, last year, since we lost 85% of our crop, as did multiple other farms, they actually donated that cooler to us full of uh, yogurt and just said, hey, guys, we know last year sucked. That's cool. Here's something for you guys. That's super um, cool. And they've, you know, the, the, Charlie and them, when we go upstairs, can go more into the program of, of what that looked like. But uh, it's pretty cool, pretty cool partnership. So, well, that's awesome. As we go on a tour, I think it's very appropriate that we probably should grab a cider and then head on through. What do you think? Sounds great to me. All right, what should we have? You were giving us some samples last night of some really cool new things that you have, but you're tried and trues, man. Knock it out of the park. And then also a seltzer. What? Is it a seltzer? What do you call it? It's a wine spritzer. And so what we've done is we've taken Colorado wines mm -hmm. and Colorado juices and we've made a five and a half uh, percent alcohol um, spritzer uh, with a wine, Colorado wine base. Yeah, how many, how many uh, flavors do you have? We currently have four different varieties of canned wine and four different varieties of canned wine spritzers. Woo! I want one of those canned wine spritzers. One of those canned wine spritzers? Let's do that. What do you want, Brian? I'm going to go for a, and one of those peachy keens again, man. All I'll right. tell you. It's great on a summer, either that or the citrus. I don't see them. Do you see them? I don't see them. I don't know where the heck they are. At least we know they're in Colorado somewhere. Somewhere. I'm going to go find them. But in the meantime, let's go back into the chef's playground. Sounds like a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Colorado. Rich O'Brien here with Elevation Food Service Reps. Monica Leonard helping me out here. We just got back into the chef's playground. Uh, big supporters of the Modern Eater. We hope you guys are having a great time out on the road trip. I'm getting kind of excited to go see those guys. Oh, super excited. You know, the Modern Eater, we're super, super excited to be uh, supporters, sponsors. And boy, these guys are really doing a lot for the Colorado food service community and all of our restaurant tours, especially as we come out of COVID. Um, what we've got here is what we like to call our chef's playground here at Elevation Food Service Reps with all the brands that we represent, a lot of best in class brands. Yes. Um, and, and Monica has been real helpful in helping get a lot of these events set up for people to come in here. And we want you to feel very confident coming in here to use some of our state-of-the-art equipment. So look us up at elevationfs.com or give yep. us a call over here at 303-750-3727 and uh, just let us know what you'd like to demo. Come see us. Yes, we, we are a Colorado family-owned business. We have our very own Colorado shelf. Hey there, Barbecue All-Star. This is your year, so what if you weren't drafted? The only draft you need to be worried about is actually spelled D-R-A-U-G-H-T, and it's adult for the word beer. It's barbecue season, baby. Now get out there and grill your ass off. minutes to where I was going to crack this open and take it home myself, but I decided I would stock you guys up for your road trip. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jeff Nations from Aspen Baking Company. It's really important right now to support local. That's why I support the Modern Eater. Now, back to the show. 
And maybe, you know, you tell me. Would the you citrus start? is my morning drink. Okay, then there we go. There Talk we go. about you this. Said I it. mean, you're, so you're walking in right here, and this is where all the magic happens. People just post stuff, but go ahead and describe what your bar is. Uh, so the way that we have our bar set up, uh, cider, wine. And while you're doing it, go get those drinks. <laughs> all all glassware is made for specifically to pull different smells, different flavors, but everything we do here, we're very conscious on glassware. But we also have a wine draft system. A lot of people won't do wine on draft. They continue to pour from bottles. For us, with being a hard cider company, it made sense to have wine on draft as well, both for not throwing away bottles and, and kind of the um, conservation side of doing that, but also just for it's cool. It makes it fun. It makes it hip. It makes it new. Perfect. Um. So, Charles, the, the coffee cups, is that a special club that I have to drink before a certain time of day to no. get one of those coffee mugs? So those are our camp mugs, and those are um, – we have a mug club. You, so those are mostly our locals, and basically you pay $75 a year, but you get a buck off every pint, and then you get pre-release ciders and wines before anybody else. So we'll invite you up here. You get deals on merchandise and everything else, but we'll invite it up and make more of a personalized family event uh, that's getting to taste stuff before it comes oh, out. Nice. Cool. Take us into oh, the beast. Okay, cool. I gotta grab mine. What are you getting? Can't go wrong with grow pair. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, guys. Cheers. Charles Talbot, this is a treat catching up with you. All right, in Palisade, Colorado, road trip 2021, day five out of 21, 1,600-mile round trip in Colorado. All right, this is cool. So this is our farmer's market uh, section of the tap room, and usually there's more fruit, but we're about, you know, three weeks away. Uh, but this room will be filled with local produce, again, not just from us, mm -hmm. from multiple other farms around Colorado. Which is perfect, right? I mean, that's what you go for. And you actually, you're going to turn us on to somebody um, that's down the road here. What's his name? We're going to go see James Sanders at the Palisade Peach Shack. Yeah, wait until you hear this story. That'll be a little bit later today. All right, here we go. Greg, and don't you just love how it's always about collaboration and how these great farmers can work together? And we were talking last night, Charles, and you said something that was super poignant. Is that the, the farmers that are still around are the ones that have collaborated. They're the ones that aren't afraid to work with others. Yeah, I think when you're too focused on what you're doing or focused on what your neighbor's doing instead of helping each other mm -hmm. out, you're just bringing yourself down. Yeah. Um, in the, we've gotten to where we're at because we work with multiple farms. How long can cider last people. in a can? So it's like white wine. Because it gets no oxygen, three years is where we've set the date. We do a one-year shelf life when it goes to the distributor, but we have had cider here uh, that we've tasted every year. Um, we keep a batch from every year. We taste mm -hmm. it every year just to see if the product quality is going down. And we found about that three-year mark is where we start to see a little bit of difference in uh, flavor. And there Not really bad, is truth to different. that, though. Yeah. I, I will tell you because I, I opened one. I had a gift from Schwartz of his some of his early stuff yeah, and yeah. I opened that up and, and it was on about year five and I was like yeah that wasn't really what he had done in the beginning yeah so it's interesting you know and I, I, I look at I'm, I'm just a curious business type of mind and I know that yours works that way too you got to have your best selling skews right and yes. you, you don't m mess with the tried and trues but the experimentals or something you want to bring in 
have you done some real dogs? Like that, that this is just, we cannot put this out there. It's like, what's the worst one you've ever put together? Cider. An elderberry cider. It was just not good. Uh, and then I also did a um, lavender cider and it tasted like a bar of soap. And, but when we do these things, we smart start them all in small batches. Yeah. So we'll start in five gallons. Then we'll do 80 gallons for the tap room and see how that goes. And then after that, 275. Uh-huh. And if that continues to go out, then we'll do a full-size batch. Um, but it's piece by piece. It's testing every year. Uh, we have barrel age. Barrels you can never predict. Mm. So we've had some barrel age go a little funky and... Uh, Get, just get overpowered by the barrel or what? Well, yeah, or, you know, with barrels, you're not 100% guaranteed you're always going to be getting something that's 100% sterile environment. Okay. If it comes to you wet, 90% of the time it's going to be great. Uh, but if the barrel's had time to dry out and has an open bong hole, then it, w it can pick up bacteria. It can pick up lactobacillus, depending on how it's stored, where it's at. So it's pretty unpredictable if you're buying used barrels, which is what I like to do, just because you're pulling different flavors. Yeah. So this stuff's on its way out the door? Uh, it will be, yes. So everything that is wrapped is packaged and ready to go. I try to keep a two-month inventory of everything that uh, we do, just so that uh, we're always prepared to make a shipment. Oh, it's not Armageddon and it's just your personal supply? You no, 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 no. <laughs> we only need a pallet or two for my personal supply. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, so, and then also kegs, right? Yes, also kegs. Before COVID, our, we were 60% on-premise. Am on I going premise. the right way? Yeah, you're going the right way. We were 60% on-premise. And so, you know, with the bars and restaurants being shut down, we moved over to more packaging. But as things are starting to open back up, we're seeing a lot of reception into um, kegs coming back into the market. So we're catching up on yes. kegs. What I mean, is this an international product, a national? Where I mean, are people drinking Talbots on the beaches of Florida? So we only distribute to the state of Colorado, mm -hmm. but um, in that distribution to the state of Colorado, uh, we do online sales. So we can sell to 38 other states. So we do get orders. Big states that order from us is Texas. Texas is a big one. Mm -hmm. um, Arizona uh, and uh, Nevada, Las Vegas. Interesting. I bet your ciders do, though. People like a something lighter in hotter places. Exactly. You know? and, and as we look at distribution going forward, um, those are kind of our target markets is Arizona, New Mexico, Texas. Mostly to just because it's regional, shipping's easier, a lot of things are easier. But we think the market is craving something like that. There's not a whole lot of hard cider companies in those states. And if we can spread some of that Colorado love to states that we work with in the fruit and fruits, it'd just be awesome. So it looks like you're down right now in here. Yes, so we are prepping for a very busy peach season. So we've added some new equipment this year. So we're a little bit of a, a, a mess, but here in about two, three weeks, this is gonna be fully operational and just a stunningly running machine. <laughs> I love it. All right, so um, the last time, and I'm trying to get my bearings because you ran us through here last time, it seems like you were just, a year ago, you were just getting some of the pieces to this equipment in here, assembling it. And then there was another room. Uh, show, us, show us around more, where were, did we cut through here? Let's go through the cider mill first. It's, gosh, it's, Brian, does my memory serve us correctly that when we came through here, this is when your dad pulled up right here. Right yes, here. exactly. Yep, your memory yep. serves right. Yeah. So when your dad and pulled up. And he's out checking peaches. He is? No, he was. Oh, he was. Yeah, he That's exactly up. what yep. I was doing. Where is he today? He still kicks around here a lot, right? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's out in the fields today. 
That's his favorite place. The 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 less amount of time he can spend in the office. Hold on a second. He is. I think Jay tent sighting. <laughs> is you that do. where you slept, Jay? Is that your tent? Yeah, that's my tent, but I, I technically I slept in the orchard that's behind it. How'd it go? It was uh, amazing. It was amazing. I looked at the stars and and slept. Where are we heading to now? So we're going to the cider mill. So if you think about the size of the tap room, we built this in 2001. Before 2001, we completely packaged in there, and now this is where we have moved to. Whoa. Yeah, this is the room that I'm thinking about right there. So, I mean, coming right off the bat, first of all, clean as hell. Wow. You got it going on. I guess that smells paint. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, so you're just getting, you're getting all ready, primed up. Getting huh? ready. Yeah. Um, we produce about 70, 80% of our fresh juice uh, between September 1st and um, December 31st. This is going down way too. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Oh, well, that's, and this just, so, by yeah. the way, I mean, what you, what you've done with this, you know, spritzer. Yeah. Get out of town. I mean, yeah. seriously, if you wouldn't sit by the pool and drink this all day long, yeah, you know, it you don't need much more. It's easy drinking. Um, uh, it, I, I believe it has more flavors than most of the, the seltzers out there, mm -hmm. and it's, it's just a farm fresh product. Yeah. Well, and when you say seltzer, I don't even like, it's funny because it's such a different category to me because it just tastes so much better than like flavored water. This exactly. is like, this is real flavor. Yeah. I mean, this is, yeah. So there's been some reorganization as well. What, so what do you do here? What? So I am a owner and operations manager for the al alcohol beverage division of the organization. A newly created division? Newly created division. Traditionally, it has been a part of the family farm, and we're separating liabilities overall. And so by the end of this year, we're gonna be making some really big changes, but one of the changes, we're actually gonna be changing our license and we're going to become a um, vintner's restaurant, which will increase uh, the amount of hard cider and wine we can make, but will also allow us to have our collaborations on tap. So we'll have different breweries we collaborate with. We'll have two or three beer taps, um, the different distilleries that we work with. Um, I can't really name drop, but there's a peach whiskey out there <laughs> out of Denver. <laughs> Uh, really, really good. Oh, and so there's some different things like that, but we're, we won't really want to make it a farm bar. And consumer education is our number one focus in this farm bar. Yeah. How can we take fruit fresh from Colorado and make different products all uh, across all different fields? So exciting. Yeah. I mean, congratulations. What's exciting about this is that now you jumping on the range just for that division is that I can't wait to see your innovation going forward. It's just because you can already tell in just the product and the labeling and the packaging and how how it all works out, you're, you're really killing it. It's, it's all coming together, man. Yeah. I'm pretty excited. And, and you're so spot on, Greg, with innovation and companies mm -hmm. like this, you have to continually innovate to yeah. stay in the game. Not ahead of the game, just in the game. If you're chasing trends, you're behind. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's no point in chasing trends. You're the first to it, or you're you're done. Right. Once you try and catch Charles, he's gone. Oh, he's gone. He's already gone. I'm out. Where else you want to? Yeah, let's keep walking and talking. Cool. So th I think this Scott Jones is hanging out around here. He was just in that other room. Was he, he was really? right yeah. in there. Yeah. And we're gonna go, we'll go over there here. as soon as we get done. But you know, Royal Crest Dairy buys their uh, apple juice from or buys our apple juice. Um, we produce the Kroger label. We produce our own Mountain Gold label. Um, process all the fruit comes in, gets bathed over there. 
drops into the shredder, which basically pulverizes the fruit into a pumice, goes around each one of these rollers with the collection tray, and basically you're pulsing the fruit. You're crushing it, opening it back up, crushing it, opening it back up. The cool thing about this facility is it's a zero waste facility. So all of the dried pumice, by the time it's done, goes to local farmers, local ranchers, um, and um, also goes to the DOW. They use it as bear bait to catch animals so that they can get them out of uh, populated areas. See, and that's what I love about businesses like this is you've got that sustainable mindset of just regeneration from beginning, grow it, harvest it, how many uses can you, uh, with the application of it, from ciders to juices, back down into the earth again and just full, full circle. And I'll tell you what, I farmed pigs for about four years and you feed pigs fresh apple pumice and Palisade Breweries grains, you will have the best pigs. <laughs> the, period. Ah, nice. the fat doesn't, it doesn't build, it marbleizes. Wow. It's unbelievable. Wow. Yep. We're going to run into some people. Do we still have more in here? Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'll good. just show you the packaging. Yeah, no, in no hurry. Kyle, our safety manager. Hey, hey is everything safe? Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. All, all systems go? Yes. Fantastic. Nice. And you're doing testing and all that, yeah, getting ready. Do. What do you test? I'm the food safety manager yeah. for the, um, the packing shed and the cider mill. I said nice. all systems go safe. Yep. What, what does that mean? What do you do? Um, we, for the, the cider mill, we do, we're certified to a Primus GFSI level, which is pretty, it's above and beyond what the FDA requires us to do. Um, so it's, it's a requirement that our customers have put on us. So yeah. if you want to do business with us, this is what you got to do. Yeah. So that's what we started. We implemented it last year and it kind of fell in my lap. What was the acronym you started out with when you the, saw my eyes glaze over? <laughs> and I, you, the, I had no um, idea what you were saying. What is G, it? Uh, GSFI. Yeah. You better know what that stands for. What is it? Global Food Safety Institute. Yeah. So they, it's a, a international, um, it's not even really a business. Everybody buys into yeah, the same yeah. thought they, process. Yeah, they've set the is? standards. Most of your large manufacturers have, have been doing this for years. Mm -hmm. um, it's slowly becoming more standard for your smaller producers yeah. like us. Um, how much of it are you just like, that's BS, man. You don't need to, but I have to do it because it's part of that. And how much of it is <laughs> like, hey, we should be doing this too. Or yeah, the most of what they require you to do is common sense stuff. The the paperwork can get really mundane. Tedious. Yeah. Well, it's, a lot of it's about tracking, and that's yeah, what that's most people that's don't exactly understand it. is, you know, there's one side that's the cleanliness yeah. of the organization, but mm -hmm. the, the big side to GSI, and, and the crazy thing is, is actually we adopted that from Europe. Yeah. This, is, mm -hmm. this has been a standard that the rest of the world has been operating yes. on for a lot longer mm -hmm. than we have. And it's, like you said, it's common sense stuff, yeah. but it's about putting it on paper yeah. and making people go through the steps because then it rises everybody to so, a, a good So it's good a process. Place. Yes. The process that's worked it, out. Yeah. And it protects the organizations. Mm -hmm. yeah. If you're doing these things and if there was ever an issue in a product that you produce, you could go back to that lot and say, well, I, mm -hmm. I don't know that this was us. But you can track the different processes throughout so that you know where an issue is coming from. Yeah. And you can squash it before it becomes a harmful issue. Yeah. So that's when you go from uh, just making hooch in your bathtub to an yeah. actual <laughs> yeah. So we, we yeah. know that, that what we're, the product we're making is safe. Uh -huh. And then we have the paper trail, like you were saying, to prove it. So we're required to keep two years of records. So we've got from 2018. How the, would you see that from a can? Is there any... That's not on the can. It's not? No. Yeah. No. Okay. And that, 
There's very little a consumer would be able to actually see on a can. Now, there. you guys aren't printing the little, that will come. No, so. That will come. As far as hard cider goes, we're not lock that's coding not, and date coding yet. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's coming down the pipeline pretty quick. But as far as our our, our sweet cider goes, that's been been for a lot. Yeah, long, that's standard. Long time. And that and Greg, you see it. It's a little print. It's yeah, yeah, just yeah, number coded on the top yeah, of sure. the, the cider. So, so you're not a government entity or a bureaucrat that comes. You work here yeah. for this company, yeah. and so you've had to build a position for that just for safety standards, huh? Yeah, the the position's been built over time. Kyle's been a part of this organization for six, seven years. Five. Five years. Five years okay. now. So. Well, I'm giving you a little more, but, <laughs> but Kyle, Kyle's done everything in this organization from um, almost every job, I would say, in the packing and processing facility. Kyle's done it all. So Kyle was a natural fit, and I was not a part of any of that decision making. Kyle was a natural fit to go into that position. So yeah. uh, it's been very cool to my, watch it grow. My background is in uh, maintenance and mechanics and stuff. That's mm -hmm. what I have my degree in. Can you fix the slider on our RV? Probably. <laughs> you really could, baby. <laughs> God, I would love <laughs> <laughs> I could probably figure it out. Hey, man, uh, just, hey. so, just so you know, he is not joking. Okay. <laughs> and I'll pay you good money, man, to do that. <laughs> no, that's a joke, but the yeah. first part was real. <laughs> Hi, guys. Uh, what else in here? And then we've got so, the, Hey, man, you're just, really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's your name? Greg. Nice to meet you. Yeah, absolutely. Brian. Nice to meet you, Brian. So Brian's everything's all set in this here? This is Jay. Hi, Jay. Yeah. So when the juice is being, uh, after the juice has been crushed, it goes into those two collection mm -hmm. tanks. Then it'll come into here. We'll flash pasteurize it at 160 degrees for six seconds. So we're bringing up the temperature to kill any microbial yeast, uh, anything that could affect the flavor quality. But right after, it's going straight into a chiller. What's the so, six seconds madness? I mean, did you, it, it's is that your sweet it's spot? It's kind of like cooking. Yeah. It's kind of like, you, you, you know, you're putting a pin in the middle of a steak uh -huh. just to know that you, you, you got it to that temperature for six seconds where you at least killed that bacteria. Perfect. But what makes our process different is a lot of cider companies hot fill. So you start to caramelize the sugars and you get a totally different flavor. So after it goes through our pasteurizer, it's going to a chiller and it's crashing it back down to 40 degrees. So then we're getting from real hot to real cold. Is and that we the don't, flavor lock at yeah, that point? Yeah, exactly. And then you can keep that consistently really good flavor. From there, it'll go into those two tanks. And will it maintain that temperature? Is that the temperature you want to keep it at? For, That's the temperature the we'll bottle at. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. It, it can be shelf-stable because of the fact that they flash pasteurized it. But one of the things for our viewers that they should check out, if you go back to the dairy farm, that we visited mm -hmm. when we were in their production facility, they have that exact same Is machine. Right? This was actually right there. purchased from a dairy company outside Denver. Interesting. Um, so this is all dairy equipment. Interesting. So the only difference, the last thing I'll throw in when we're in here is the only difference between apple juice and cider is the cider's all on the other side of the wall in the cooler, which we'll peek in and take a look at. Mm -hmm. But we put the cider, same process, we'll put it into the tank. We'll add a pectic enzyme and we'll just settle out the solids. So it's like no pulp apple juice, or no pulp orange juice would be cider, and pulpless would be juice. That's the only difference. That's the only difference. Wow. You get the haze. Yeah. Is, is there a, a demand for maybe a pulpy cider? There's a demand for both. I prefer cider, and uh, a lot of the locals prefer cider. Yeah. Um, we, we sell, I mean, it's probably 50-50 on what we sell. Um, it's it's interesting though, because remember, or I'm a little bit older than you guys. Mm -hmm. 
When I was a kid, a all the apple juice always came as cider. That yeah. was what you got as a kid. And I don't know if you remember this, but as a kid, we didn't drink juice. We drank that brown stuff. Oh, dude, I just had the, the concentrate you. in the freezer that I'd take a spoonful of apple juice. Oh, okay. add some water. <laughs> <laughs> add some water. All right, this is great education, Charles Talbot, on a Friday, Road Trip 2021. It's uh, day five, and what a way to start out. The day's not going to be this pleasant, but it's very uh, nicely air-conditioned in here in 100-degree days. Yes! <laughs> Scott Jones, my friends, what's happening? Yep. Do you mind if I dig yeah, in? Dig in. Let's dig in. Right. Woo, boy! I know this. Let's start with this, though, because this is on my breakfast table all the time. Yep, got the staples here. You got to have eggs. You got to have milk. This is the best bacon right here ever. The Polidori family is buying this with Carrizo, heavy cream for the chef, right? Oh Natalie's strawberry lemonade, a legendary chocolate milk. I'll tell you what. So this is a cooler we run year-round. It is always kept at 37 to 40 degrees. Um, as you can see, we take our, our cleanliness very, very seriously. Um, and do you need this big of a cooler? Oh, when we hit a fresh fruit season. Oh yeah, it's and, just full yeah, to the rafter? We'll, we'll have apples stacked to the roof. We'll have peaches stacked to the roof. Um, you guys can come see some apples right now. Impressive, uh, isn't it, Brian? Is that pectin back in the five gallon buckets or is that or is that an, a byproduct, an apple byproduct that you guys, because some of these totes, you guys are going to fill up juice in these totes to sell to other people at some point, potentially. Yes. Right? Yes. yes. Working with other organizations. To tell you the truth, I, oh, it's the food bank. So during uh, COVID, um, the food bank of the Rockies here locally got a, a lot of support and a lot of funding, but they didn't have the cooler space. So uh. we opened up our cooler space to allow the food bank to, you know, keep all that fresh food. Uh, both in this cooler and in the other. Nice. So. And now is this, are these some apples that you're letting somebody, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is, are these some apples that, that you're letting someone store or are you supplementing your own crop 
with some of these so you can keep the juice in production? This is supplementing and keep the juice in production. We yep. don't have controlled atmosphere coolers we don't really have in Colorado. Not at all. So no. we can't, to be able to produce juice year round, we do have to source apples from other areas. Uh, but we keep the whole process from apple. Uh, we don't buy juice from other areas, so. These barrels back here, are, they, are these full? Yes. They are? Yes. I'll bet there's some very cool stuff going on over there. We got some red wine. We got some Tempranillo back there, some Merlot, a little Cab Franc. Um, these totes right here are all of our barrel-aged ciders mm -hmm. that we're going to start uh, kegging this week. And then over here is just some of our bulk wine used for, uh, one, we sell it to other producers, uh, but we also use it for our spritzers, for our own wine. Um, so many moving parts. It's just amazing, and, and, and the name of the game is First the Fruit, of all of the abundance of fruit that you get here, but also the collaborations go outside of that because a lot of the times when you talk about fruit to supplement, you're supplementing fruit for other people's organizations and op operations. Talk about some of those things like Carboy and those types of, of uh, collaborations. That so, you have. so we work with about 34 to 35 wineries in the state of Colorado, and we provide all their fruit. Uh, they're wineries that, one, don't have a viticulturist there that can, you know, help them farm the uh, vines, or they just don't want to do it, which is completely understandable. So we actually didn't start making wine until about two years ago. Uh, we were just selling juice and um, wine grapes. And since then has changed is, you know, looking at our license, we had an abundance one year of uh, Riesling and we said, you know, maybe we should take a whack at it mm -hmm. and just see what happens. Mm -hmm. And uh, since then our products have started to grow. Uh, and then we've created great partnerships over the years with, you know, multiple wineries across uh, the Grand Valley and Carboy being one of them. Uh, Carboy out of Denver. Uh, they just opened up, or they're in process of opening up uh, Carboy at uh, Garfield Estates so that they can start producing their own estate-grown wines uh, here in the Grand Valley. Love those collaborations and more collaborations we're trying to find. It's got Royal Crest Dairy. Just set that up. I think we'll run into Scott, but you guys are doing business together as well. Yeah. Yeah, we've worked with Royal Crest Dairy for a very, very long time. We work with quite a few dairies over on the Front Range. Uh, not as many uh, here in, uh, we don't really have as many dairies here in the Grand Valley. I was going to ask, yeah, or, uh, uh, probably we, a handful. We, yeah, we got one, one or two dairies here, um, but more larger corporate dairies. So this is our hard cider and wine production facility. So everything in here is. Um, uh, now this looks like a whole another business in here. It's it's a totally different organization, <laughs> right? It, it's just it's 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 the science side of what we do. Uh, less or a little more away from the farm and horticultural side, a little more to the enology side, and um, just really focused on, um, you know, producing alcoholic beverages yep and super tasty i gotta give it up to you guys 
all, everything that I've had from you. Look at this. I have this freaking really perfect content right really here. I love this. What's he doing in here, so, Charles? Congrats, you know, congratulations. Cause thank you, guys, you. Thank you. Thank you. You're hitting the mark. He's cleaning. Well, I think. Did you stage this? I did not stage this. This is great. Well, th this is uh, uh, Chase, who is uh, one of our uh, assistant production guys. What's up, Chase? You got to stay a certain Bigger size in order to continue okay. doing that. Feel like I should be helping. You got a microphone? Chase, like, Chase. I've, done I've done it a hundred times. <laughs> I know you're clean. You know what that reminds me of right there? What's that? In my house down in Denver that I grew up in. They had these milk boxes, but they're built into your house. And so it, so Royal Crest would drop off the milk or whatever goodies that they had in the back of your house. And they had this thing. I used to be a little kid that when I forgot my house key, I, that's how I got back in <laughs> through that little box. So this reminds me of that. But I'm looking at myself. and you think I could get through this hole right here? Oh, you totally could. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not totally the smallest guy. <laughs> Let's. Uh, I think that would be incredible content. But you got to kind of think of the rest of your life. It's like you've just got to size yourself to this hole. <laughs> yeah. Just These make sure are, you uh, can get through the hole. Those ones over there are definitely a lot easier to get into. Can I ask you to do that again so I can take pictures of you? That's really weird <laughs> sounding, right? I got to get back in there anyway. Do out. you really have to get back in there? We're doing something when we do uh, called the picture of the day. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be my picture of the day right here. Okay. You getting in that hole. But I would really appreciate it when you come back out that you look like you're getting stuck like Winnie the Pooh. Stuck like Winnie the Pooh. Got it. <laughs> you know, coming out of the tree. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> so I will say on product quality, I think okay. the biggest thing that really helps us be able to produce good products is one, we drink them ourselves. Uh -huh. And we want to make something that we enjoy, but really focusing on the fruit and pulling the concentrates out of the process, pulling the really focusing on 100% fresh fruit as opposed to uh, just a bunch of additives that's fake and uh, sweetness content. Every cider that we sweeten here, we're not adding thing? sugar. We're yes. back sweetening with fresh pressed juice. Yeah. And it just, it makes a difference. If we need it's more right. sugar, we're, we're using products like Riesling. Grow a pair, we didn't want to add too much juice because we were pulling away from the flavor. So we back sweetened it with Riesling because it's, you know, the difference from five bricks to 17 bricks. That's wild. You know, here's something that I find really interesting and, and in encouraging for the little people out there that want to start something. You, your approach was you didn't go out and like a big Coca-Cola conglomerate and say, what is a profile that people are drinking and how do I make that? You said, hey, let's make something from the farm yeah. that we believe in and let's tailor it to make sure people like it and get feedback from our customers. That and, you know, and your customers, your biggest one, obviously, being yourself and your family. Yeah, of giving, course. Giving the right kind of feedback that was open for criticism, mm -hmm. and you, I, again, nail it on many fronts. Well, thank so. you. Peach Street, they're neighbors, right? Yeah, neighbors, yeah. absolutely. So you work with your neighbor, neighbors a lot. Yeah, so our, our barrel age program, we've moved to all Colorado barrels now. We're only working with Colorado distilleries to age different ciders. So we take our flagship ciders and we put them in different barrels. So Davey down at Peace Street Distillers, he'll just call me and say, hey, I, I just you. dumped two tequila barrels. Do you, do you, do you want to buy one? Yeah. And so it's, it's a really good uh, process and relationship we work together in. Um, 
and I believe it makes for better products. Yeah. Colorado's got a hell of a brewery, cidery, winery, distilling program all the way around. I think Colorado is one of the what one of the coolest things about Colorado is they're focused on producing great yes. products. World class, I think. Yes. Well, I mean, personally, yeah. that's why we do this. And again, I hope you're enjoying this as we're taking a walk around with Charles Talbot. One of the kind of the theme of what I'm seeing here is um, let's clean up, let's get ready. It's gonna we get hammered, and that's Colorado growing is its seasons, right? Yeah. yeah. So if you're not ready for the season, and if you can't make what your yield is stretch and use as much of it as you possibly can, you're, you're going to be, you know, behind the eight ball on a lot of stuff that you do. Yeah. So cleaning, getting ready, being organized, having your business model down, all your packaging, all your labeling, everything has to be ready to go. And you guys do a great job of that. Well, thank you. We yeah. appreciate Let's that. See outside. And this, this, the, seriously, this business right in here, this is cool. You can tell the operation and kind of the culture and other things. I don't know. I just get that feeling when I walk into this portion. Well, and it's all the way around the biggest thing that we focus on is making everyone here feel like family. And our core group of people that work here year round are family. And even our H2A labor that comes up from South America, these guys have been coming back for 20, 30 years. Uh, so we work with the same guys every year. We request the same guys, and we have really good relationships with these guys all the way around. Really means a lot. Yeah, it, really means it, a lot. it makes it fun. And yeah, this right. is where Jay makes the video go very fast. It goes, and we walk around really, really fast. This time of year is making sure dry runs on everything. We gotta make sure all the equipment's running. We have everything we need. Boxes are ordered, boxes are prepped, um, and we will actually have um, our seasonal labor come in a week before we even start the operation to do these dry ones, to make extra boxes, to make sure that when we're firing on all cylinders, because we got eight weeks of 12-hour days, seven yep. days a week, and we, this is our time of year where we can prep, and we can take our break January, February, we can take a little time off, but right back to it. And as this organization continues to expand into different sectors, we're becoming more and more year round all the time. So finding that time off is becoming a lot, a lot different, mm -hmm. but embrace the grind. It's a good time. Check out this map over there. Can we take a look at it and you can kind of give us our bearings? Yeah, as soon as, yeah. yeah. So the, this map um, is all the different properties that we manage and lease, uh, own, manage, and lease. Because we do lease from a significant amount of different people where we manage their fruit. Studio Kitchen here, guys, delivering some butter for your road trip. So what you doing in my parking lot? So Sawaj is a uh, artisanal company that focuses on European-style butter and cheeses. Yes. So we have our 84% European-style butter, grass-fed butter. This one is 100% uh, grass-fed butter, uh, over 84% butterfat content, which means there's more butterfat, less water, cooks better at higher temperatures, perfect for baking. Oh, my goodness. Look at that. Look at the color of that. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing that, that our customers notice. What? This is a new release. We don't even have it out yet, Greg. This will be going to retail this weekend. Oh, look at that. 
Thanks again. <laughs> Absolutely. Martin. Man. Later. Thanks, guys. Hi. I'm Amber with Strohauer Farms. And I'm just here to remind you that the best potatoes are grown here in Colorado. Goodness elevated. Thanks for watching the Modern Eater Show. Farm box foods, farm box foods. We are a company who builds farms and shipping containers. So we make hydroponic and gourmet mushroom farms. these lots first of all all the lots around you okay i was on a bike ride up on that hill today but you've got the lots that you must have built by where's one lot one we got one north and one c and one first, south these are the first two then right i mean you've got to label them by actually the sequential the, order of the first farms are what is now the town of palisade Really? Yeah, yeah. The uh, Victorian at the bottom of 38 Road, that was my great-great-great-grandpa's house. You and still have so, it? Is it sold off? No, it was sold off in the past. And oh, man. Hopefully so one day can get that back, but that was the original farm. yacht right now. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, that was the original farm in a lot of the town of Palisade. Uh, we Is have that some, on this map? It's not on this map, yeah. but we have a bunch of... Actually, it's right there. It is. So these are the first two Victorians. In and this is the Colorado. Palisade. Yep, Colorado, Colorado River, River runs all the way through. And then Canal Systems. Uh, hey, running, Scott Jones, don't go too far. Running off of the Grand Mesa is where we get our water, and it goes straight to the canal. And what is not pushed into the canal is pushed back into the river. Uh, we have one of the oldest hydro plants uh, in Colorado. And it's been running for a very long time. It's a very nice uh, system. Is that where you guys get your electric in Palisade or from the hydro or no? No, we're XL up here. Are you? Okay, so, so they're selling it off somewhere else? Or yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So interesting. how do you go? Th so you go, all right. Um, how, how do you keep an eye on this? You go, oh, we got our eye on this one right here. Or, th or this is up and available. Or, they, or we want that because it's scattered throughout. It's, it's right now we're not uh, in the business of trying to find more. Mm -hmm. What we're finding is that as a lot of these smaller farms go and decide that they want to sell and they want to retire, that they are selling to doctors, lawyers, um, uh, pretty high price land up here. We're about 40 to 56,000 an acre. And with that, there's, you gotta have a certain amount of income to be able to afford those. But the people who typically do that, they call us and say, I'm, I'm not a farmer. Do you, would you farm this property? Mm -hmm. So more leases uh, as we build Supplemental forward. income for them as well. Exactly. Right? I mean, that's fantastic. Everyone wins. I'm curious, when you say that price, that's, that's insane. It's insane. First, first off, just, yes. I mean, guys, so just so you know, normal farmland, you're not even, you, you're talk, you used to talk hundreds of dollars an acre. We, what they say is expensive, expensive is $10,000 an acre. Yeah. When he's saying forty to 60000 an acre, that's beyond. I mean, that is astronomical. astronomical. So my question is, water come with that? Yes, yes. That is the one side of 
uh, farming in Palisade that you're very, very fortunate is you can't sell the water rights. Water rights are owned by the land. So they transfer with the land. Smart. Um, very smart. And uh, a lot of the Grand Valley is actually conservation easements. So that also makes your sellable value, should make it go down. Um, but as more and more people are moving to the state of Colorado and to the Grand Valley, they're pushing those prices up. And, you know, if you wanted to start being a peach farmer here tomorrow as a young 25-year-old guy, it'd be a very hard challenge to justify how long that will pay itself off. So we're, we're, at, a, we're at a time in history. It's going to be really interesting to see how things shake out in the future. I love this. Um, but to give you an example, this is my house. My grandpa purchased this in 65, and he paid 8,500 bucks for it. It watered three different ways, um, but it's, it's seven acres of Beautiful. peaches. And then right on the river. Right on the river. That is so cool. So are, do these signify family? Are these w in this color, or is that Num stuff you're not leasing? Or? Numbers are owned. Oh, gotcha. Numbers are owned, letters are leases. All right, so we're going to get to sneak around a lot of here today. Where is um, Kaibab Sauvage and Sauvage Spectrum? Sauvage is right here. Is there more coveted areas of this farming land than others? And if so, why? What do you mean? Like, is it real lush up here? Like, this is the perfect temperature, and this so would be great for grapes, and here's great for peaches, and cherries will do wonderful there, or is there... We farm what we call the banana belt. The closer you are to the mountains, the better inversion you have, the higher the temperature. So the dream areas is all the vinelands. Vinelands, canyon winds, um, kind of, you know, even up to um, Cocopelli. So from Cocopelli to 38 Road, that's almost the frost-proof place yeah, to be. Yeah, stay up on here, Jay, while we're talking about these And where, where you're talking about is almost really this. Is it really this section up to the canyon? This is actually a really good growing area through here, but it, it's all based on those inversions. You know, some of our colder areas are down here, down here. I mean, K is a cold area. Schroeder's cold area. Um, so closer you are, the warmer you are, but you basically change what you're growing based on those areas. These areas are great for hybrid, hybrid wine grapes. Mm -hmm. Fantastic for that. Um, and then, for, well, first of all, this is what's cool. I want to recognize this as really silly and stupid but this was printed up for you but the fine people from debbie lang insurance agency who took it upon themselves to make this big print for you they need a little recognition because Absolutely. that's why they did it right brilliant good marketing for yourself debbie lang insurance agency all right um carboy's got some new property up here as well where's that yeah carboy's over on g road they're about right here See, and Go ahead. There's a lot of the topography here is very rugged, up and down, and there's pockets. That's what you have all these. What's super cool, I think, about this area, and a Sorry. lot of people don't talk about this, is your microclimates yes. that you have here. Well, and, you know, we've spent nights, so when we run wind machines and we're prepping to run wind machines, we're going and taking temperatures at all these areas manually with a hand temperature gauge. And it's amazing because you'll get these microclimates of – it's just this wind moving right through here, and it's coming up this way. But you will also run into um, uh, clouds. Yeah, if you got one cloud over an orchard, it's warm. Mm -hmm. Clear skies, nightmare. Yeah. Clouds, probably be all right. Where's I-70? Right here? I-70 is that road up top. Oh, is that? Okay, that's it. Yeah. Right there. 
And then you, we're going to go visit James at his farm stand, right? What's the name of his business? Palisade Peach Shack. Where's that at? Palisade Peach Shack is at exit 42. He's right there. You said he's got a prime spot. He's got a prime spot. All right. For, so before we wrap this up, well, first of all, this is great hanging out at the map. Is there anything else on here that we should recognize? Like, where is Peach Street Distillery on here? Uh, Peach Street Distillery and Palisade Brewery are right here. Now. No, 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 cross the tracks. They're right here. Gotcha. And is that um, Junction? Uh, mostly Clifton. Mostly Clifton. Yep. We don't get quite get into junk. It's Appleton and Clifton. So, um, I know. Okay, now I know exactly where we are. And we're right here, right? Yep. Yep. Man, that's impressive. Um, this is, you rode back into this residential, Greg, didn't you, this morning? Yeah. And saw that. It, now, this probably, I, I got to believe this was all family land at one point, right? Or yeah. I mean, did you guys sell off these little neighborhoods over the years? Different generations have had different mindsets in, in, in land. But yes, tradition, or back in the day, Sabrio Rio was a part of my great-grandpa's family farm. Wow. And my great-grandpa, this, this was his house right here, and he was, he was in view of the packing jet. Wow. <laughs> so he could keep an eye on things? Just keep an eye on things. <laughs> Why wouldn't you, right? This is my Uncle Nate. He is a owner and the packing shed and cider mill basically all packing operations he is the manager of that entire side of the organization wow nice that's a lot of responsibility nice to meet you, brian. <laughs> brian hey i'm greg, greg nice to meet you. yeah nice and this is yeah. my uncle charlie hi uncle charlie is our ceo uh -huh. and runs business marketing and sales for the organization and also an owner well i just saw the office nice to meet you charlie Got brian greg and jay Okay. Thanks for the walk around. We were just, why we're up here is we we're trying to uh, jump Scott Jones, who I think. Because you all have had, an, and maybe <laughs> you guys can talk okay. a little bit about that. You've had a great yeah. relationship. You know, there's, what, what we found is um, it's really neat to have, as a uh, small entrepreneurial Colorado business, to hook up and have relationships with other Colorado businesses. And I think... Not so much in my youth was that seen as something that's that's really cool, but but with this whole advent of ag tourism, with the whole advent of people really wanting to cultivate relationship and knowledge with the fruit that they're never going to, or food, expect to grow themselves, but at least somewhat vicariously, they'd like to have some kind of relationship. And it's just a perfect, perfect partnership to have Colorado businesses doing business with other Colorado businesses to 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 bring that I, I maybe it's an overused word but there's a little authenticity there there's a little authenticity to that and 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 I think that really helps us even when we deal with the larger chains that have a, a national footprint or a large regional footprint they see this kind of stuff and 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 understand that their business model needs to demonstrate a sensitivity to locally produced product it wasn't too many years ago when a national chain would say it's going to be the same if you're in Orlando, Florida or Seattle, Washington, because that's our model. That's gone away. The, the understanding that, that we do need to, our customers expect us to understand and be sensitive to what is being produced in our own backyard um, has been a wonderful blessing uh, for us. But yeah, even sweeter to be able to do business with another Colorado company. 
Oh my God, we didn't even mark. First of all, mark that Jay. That was amazing. Didn't even prep you for that, but that's what the modern eater we love to do, and we emphasize and highlight those relationships all the time, as we're seeing right now. Kind of a war on agriculture here in Colorado, and with Prop 16 making more difficult for other Colorado businesses to stay in business here in Colorado. We don't want to source our food farther away from the state as possible. We want it right here in our backyards, and those collaborations we see it time and time again, like the Spice Guy providing spices for a brewery. You know, we need cardamom for that or um, the spent grains that we showed from Centennial Cuts uh, out of Walsenburg and their delicious beef that Breckenridge Distillery sends their spent grains down to to fatten them up towards to make delicious Colorado flavored beef but those that's the full circle of relationships that we put together here especially in Colorado because we need that we're a regional state to where things are happening in seasons and how do we work together because that that term high tides raise all ships it's really true and I think we do that great here I, in Colorado you, another fun little tin she thought she may be here waiting for us um so, yeah a couple of years ago we got to working with Noosa and they did a a a Palisade peach yogurt and uh, they, um, it kind of was terrible because last year we had a crop freeze and so they ended up, you know, in, in a bit of a pinch not having, being able to go with their yogurt. But they started regionally, they went nationally. It's been a great hit. Noosa has come back saying, hey, we want, in our partnership with you, we, we want to we sponsor an orchard. So we've got a, a, a sign out there that we've, uh, an orchard we planted this spring, a sign out on the gate, uh, shouting out Noosa's proudly sponsoring uh, the trees in, in this orchard block and a couple of key individuals that played a big role on them. We got, got their names out there, but that's one of those that speaks to that, uh, the value that we see in um, working with other Colorado businesses. The power of numbers. I saw that this yeah. morning, Charlie. I'm so glad you brought up, and I was, I was mm -hmm. leading in with the, the cooler earlier, but thank you for closing that loop, because they actually, I was curious if they had bought it, or like you said, they're just sponsoring it. Yeah, no, they, part of their initiatives, they said, we want to do this, and we said, mm -hmm. wow, uh, <laughs> how do we say no? <laughs> so, so they, they pitched us for the cost of, of um, mm -hmm. the trees going into that block. And uh, so. And bring on more of that. And I don't even know, yeah. but that could be in a Royal Crest dairy box of sand. I mean, that's how that builds, right? And yep. so Scott's here. I'm not putting you on the spot, but I'm kind of am. There's a lot of memorabilia around here, and it's not off, uh, often that you get into the offices right here at Talbot's. Show us something cool in your office. Um, just something cool. <laughs> One thing that's really cool. Can we see it that you love? Yeah, I'll show you. I'll show you something. <laughs> All right, show us this, something. This isn't in the fruit theme. I don't have much fruit theme here in my office. But, but I'm, a, I'm a little intrigued and fascinated by history. This is a replica so of a map that was created by uh, a famous yeah. cartologist in 1775. And what's... Great. what's impactful to me in this uh, treaty languages between the Dutch and the French and the Spaniards and the English. But more than that, to realize that this whole Eastern Corridor and this uh, Gulf of Mexico and, and Central America was very, very well known. And when we look at Colorado history and the fact that this valley, the you know, the western 
Westerners coming into the valley and, and built up uh -huh. what we have here today, starting in the in the 1880s, they had already had 250 years of history out here. Where we live is entitled vast tract of land unknown. And I think how fascinating, what was the mindset of a person back then mm -hmm. when they had this huge country, they didn't even know what was there. Yeah. You know, and so here we are, our forebears came in and Ooh, figured out what was there chilling. and what could be done here. And I'm going to tell you the vision. If you look south of the canal mm -hmm. or north of the valley, that's what the whole valley looked like with a few cottonwood trees, you know, along the rivers and stream beds. That vision that says, hey, we, we can do something here. We, we can make this something that's, that's pretty awesome. And, and the work, the, the shoulders we stand on, living here in this industry, doing what we do, started with people with steam shovels, carving out canals with a vision of, of what this can be. And uh, that's, that's, to me, it's kind of humbling to be here. Boom. That's awesome. I mean, really. drop that yeah. mic or throw it out the window. I don't know <laughs> what that was so cool. Hey, is this correct? I mean, this does, this looks a little, this is inflated, nope, nope, right? Nope. Cuba's here. Oh, this is a replica. Yeah. But um, it's just the, the way that they picture, because there were no overhead satellites looking nope. down. This, this is all, and, and fairly accurate, right? But absolutely, yeah. it, it just goes to show you, just like you said, this was fairly well-traveled territory to where they can get that, and this is the land of the unknown. Totally unknown. First time I've met you. <laughs> Pleasure, sir. That was amazing. Thanks for bringing us into your office. Yeah. That's fantastic. Bet. Wow, that was, that was a treat. That was cool. But Scott, talk about this. Collaborations, working together, how Colorado unites, and how you personify that with Royal Crest as well. Well, we've just had lots of success with um, partnering with uh, basically family-run businesses. And we me and Charlie were just talking about it in there. You know, a lot of the, um, you know, other than the products we manufacture, but we're a family-run business too. But um, a lot of the products that we carry, my contact with that supplier is the owner. Ninety uh, percent of them. So obviously you get great response, and they're good people. And most of them have been in this business a long time, and they get it. Mm -hmm. and they get it. They get, get. Can you picture in your mind right now three fifty-year-old guys in an RV at about midnight passing around the chocolate milk? I can. One to another, and just say. Honey, I, I think I dreamed about that. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. That's called a that's called, that's called a nightmare. That's called a nightmare. Yeah. But I, I mean, along the way, and just a great partner of ours, and thanks for helping us get out there and spread yeah. the word. But that's important, right? Mm -hmm. To let people know, Colorado. Here's all the badass stuff we do. In, a, in addition to all the other cool stuff Colorado does, but the, uh, I mean, I didn't realize everything these guys did. Wine, it's uh, just, yeah. I mean, it just goes on and on, you know, and uh, they got the little country store over there or whatever. That was way cool. I think Royal Juice, Crest, yeah, Royal Crest is one of the incredible examples of collaboration from small roots mm -hmm. of a Colorado company mm -hmm. that now has reached out to great partners like River Bear Meats mm -hmm. and other people that they're putting other local Palidori Colorado, Palidori yeah, okay. and Talbots, yeah. and they're really spreading the word of local over at Royal Crest Dairy. I think you guys are... Yeah, we were talking today with these guys. Um, you know, we, we're going to do the Palisade Peaches this year we, uh, for our home delivery. Is that a go? Yeah, that well, it was a go. It, the reason it wasn't a go last yep. year is that they had the, the freeze in April. Yep. The, the, the but you're turning crop. it back on? 
Turn it back People on. People are going to freak out. Oh, yeah. That. And But when we did it two years ago in 2019, 7,800 cases. What? Wow. Times 16 peaches. That's I don't know. That's a lot of peaches. 100,000 peaches. Well, let me wow. put me down for a case. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, how, how do you get in on that? Just curious, Scott. How do you get in on that? Well, we've product? always bought their apples yeah. juice year-round. That's always been a staple. And uh, Skip uh, came and met with me one time and uh, just started talking about the peaches and you think it might be a good fit. And I said, you know, I'm willing to try anything because we need, you know, we want to get our ticket yeah. ticket average up. You're already an online vendor. In other words, uh-huh. you're already in our system. I don't yeah. have to, you know, we just, just go. So for our viewers who are, are just love Colorado and Colorado food, and that's just really our thing, they go, what? You're blowing my mind. I, it's just all about milk, right? No, it's not mm-hmm. all about milk. How can people find more information, more information about your partners, and then get the same thing? Because for you opening up these channels of distribution to get these great Col- Colorado products through your channels as well, that's amazing to be able to do because that just it spreads the love, more exposure. How can people learn more well, information? Uh, well, you know, the easiest way, obviously, is www.rowcrestdairy.com. But... Um, and then how we found these partners and brought them into the fold is just Lava's well, been in the business a long time and connections through the, the network of chefs that we have and, and then you guys and you guys are connected. And so it's just a, it's a network. So that's how those were gathered. And, and then we're going to, and we need to do a better job of it probably, but uh, do some more vendor features and, you know, maybe start with these guys and then, uh, and, you know, some of the others, you know, we've got uh, the bakery, Aspen Baking, City Bakery, Polidori, Tico's, you know, on and on. So, um, uh, but, you know, our website is um, interactive. I mean, as far as uh, we're, we're working it all the time, they're featuring items all the time. Yeah. And, um, and so. Uh, and your subscription base, too. I mean, you guys. Yeah. Have. So, we're, yeah, we, we, we'll take members. All you have to do is sign up online. How and big is that? I mean, you probably, it's none of my business, but how big is that member list right now? It's um, just shy of 60,000. Who? Denver Metro? Are you going uh, outside? Pueblo to, Fort, Pueblo to Fort Collins. We have 84 routes, and, um, and each driver handles. Gosh, well, some drivers, it depends on the area, you know. Uh, if it's a tighter area, you know, they, they might do 225 customers a night. And um, if it's a little bit more spread out, like in, maybe out in Parker or something, you know, they might do 150 customers a night. Let's make sure, that, let's keep those trucks yeah. packed. Packed. Uh, packed and, pack them up. Yep. That's the and name of the game. If it's going to be out on the road, let's make sure it's full. Yeah, and that's that's the, the that's the, we're kind of a, a you know, we're we're kind of two businesses in one because we home delivery is what I call our retail business, and that's the home delivery that the dairy was built on for almost a hundred years and have hung on to through thick and thin, and now it's you know it seems to be doing well, um, and then we built the wholesale business up, and that's our business to business arm. And uh, so we sell the area chefs and, and distributors. I mean, so we've kind of got two sides of the business. But um, it, the, the Colorado economically is pretty healthy, or it's charging back hard. And uh, so yeah. I know I was just in there talking to our transportation manager. He goes, Oof, we're having a day. And I said, are we in business? He said, we're in business. We're doing good. It's just we're having a day. Ooh. That just means... Yeah. You're busy. He's busy. Yeah. yeah. So I'll take Scott, that. We got free Scott out. Eating meals and making deals. That's <laughs> what we got to be doing. We got work to do, right? Well, I, and I appreciate what you guys do. And I've, they've, they've, you guys have heard me say it before, but the first time I got exposed to, to what you're doing, I said, I always like it when somebody creates something out of nothing. 
there was no ad in the paper for a modern eater franchise, right? No. You, so one of you guys just woke up and said, you know, I got an idea. And it's all, <laughs> and it's all of us because yeah. the modern eater alone, without Brian Freeman, without Jay Parker, without Charles Talbot, without Scott Jones, mm. just on an island alone, it's just that. And that's why we work together so well because we're going to use our marketing channel, channels to scream from the rooftops about Talbots and about Royal right. Crest and the Royal Crest Skycam will be out more and more today. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get farm footage. Yeah, that's not the Goodyear blimp. That's the Royal Crest Skycam, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It has a good ring to it, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Had, hey, thanks a lot, guys. Thank Appreciate you. it, really. Yeah, Thank you. Great to see yeah, you. Great to see yeah, you. Yeah, thanks for stopping by. And Charles Salvat, man, dude, <laughs> I cannot <laughs> wait to see this young man's future, yeah. right? He's like uh, Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> you think he's 70 years old with a little better looking. Man? <laughs> I mean, really, just a sharp smart guy great knowledge base innovation your future is so bright and so is the next generation of talbots well thank you i appreciate Fantastic. it <laughs>